stand in reverence to the word of God. Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. And while you're finding that, please be reminded that this Wednesday at 6.30, we resume the Wednesday night revival in Portmore with evangelist Althea Stoddart. And it is live streamed, YouTube, Facebook, etc. And so if you can't be there, feel free to join us online. At Emmanuel Outreach, YouTube, you will find it there. We're just doing one verse of this book of wisdom, Ecclesiastes. When I was a child, I used to pronounce it Ecclesiastics. Anybody else? Yeah, that's what we were hearing, Ecclesiastics. <laughs> but Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. Verse 13. We're just going to take verse 13. And as we read this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. I want to preach today on walking in the fear of God. Look at somebody and tell them we need to walk in the fear of God. Yeah, yeah. We need to walk in the fear of God. Would you bow your heads everywhere? Father, we thank you once again. We need you now to send the unction, send the anointing. Speak to us. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man it's interesting to note that this verse this book was written by Solomon who was not just the wisest man but even if that alone was what he was famous for, it would still be important. He was the wisest man, but he was possibly the wealthiest man of his day. Because when God made him king, and God asked him, what would you like me to do for you? Instead of asking for riches, Solomon said, God, give me wisdom so I might rule these people justly. And God said, because you ask for wisdom and not wealth, 
he blessed him with everything. So this verse, fear God. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Hmm? Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. This is coming from a man, if he were alive today, his name would be in the top ten with Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all of these guys that are, you know, up and down in terms of who is the richest man. And because I think he probably would be number one because his wealth was gold. <laughs> it was gold-backed. <laughs> yeah? And it makes a difference. As a matter of fact, there are people who still believe or believe that the wealth of Solomon, there are still deposits of gold that Solomon owned. Because gold cannot rotten. Hello? Gold cannot spoil. You burn it in fire and it just makes it better. So here is a man that had tried everything, had experienced so much power, so much life. He tried agriculture. He tried horticulture. He tried sports. He, you name it. Solomon had been there, done that. And yet, he's coming to a point where he says, after all of that, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. The most important thing for anyone to do, he said, is to fear God and keep his commandment. And beloved, when we hear the word fear, please understand it is not in the context that we are accustomed to hearing it. Because when we have fear these days, it is, there is an anticipation of danger. I am fearful of walking at nights because somebody might be lurking around the corner. I am fearful of leaving my windows open at night because although I want the fresh air, somebody might come and try to intrude. Hmm? I am fearful of you coming into my house because I might catch the virus. So when we hear the word fear, it conjures up in our minds the expectation or anticipation of something dangerous. But what Solomon was talking about here is not that kind of fear. Because the Hebrew word from which this word fear comes really speaks to respect and reverence. So the fear of God then is not being afraid of God but is to have a healthy and reverent appreciation for God. We are shocked by the many incidents of crime and violence in our world today. Many years ago, I think it was April 20, 
um, 19, was it 1999? I think Columbine, remember? That in modern history, we had, uh, was it two or three guys that went in the school, opened fire and killed some 12, eventually maybe 13 people. Since then, it, like, it has started <laughs> a spiral of school shootings and mall shootings, theater shootings. And we don't have to look that far. Right here in Jamaica, we have our own share of crazy mayhem that takes place in our schools, on the streets. I mean, school reopened a few weeks ago, and I saw a video that went viral of those girls, I won't even call the name of the school, but flashing a knife that she had in her underwear and just stabbing and cutting. And right here, right here we see shootings and killings and maiming and murderings that just don't make sense. The big question is, why? Why? A few years ago, we heard statistics that told us that in the U.S. alone, every day, over 4,000 babies are aborted. And I know there's a big debate. Uh, you're on one side and some of you are on the other. Well, a baby is not a life. A fetus is just a fetus. I remember right here, Dr. Evan Nepal brought a vial that was the size of my index finger. How many remember that? And when you look at the fetus, that was dead, of course, but in a solution. I saw fingers. I saw eyes. Closed they were, but you could see the nose. You could see the feet in that fetal position. And he showed a video that when the abortionist puts the tool in, to abort that child, that fetus. The fetus cringes. That's the fear we spoke about earlier. That's the other kind of fear. Nine weeks old. And if a nine-week-old fetus can sense danger, you can try all you want to tell me that's not a life. Enjoy your life. The question is, why do we have these many killings and maimings and abortions and all of this? Well, <laughs> the Bible always explains everything, you know. The Bible tells us, and if you look in Romans, it will tell you that People do these things because they do not have a fear of God. But Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Hmm? Fear God. To fear God and keep his commandments is the whole duty of man. The wise man, Solomon, said that. When I was young, I don't know how many of you remember the song. Solomon was the wisest man. I think it was Derek Harriot. 
but he never knew the secret of a woman. How many remember that song? Some of you were too saved to listen to those songs, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he went on to say, but I am wiser than Solomon. <laughs> so girl, don't play no tricks. <laughs> Just be calm. And what? You weren't around when I was slaving for my bread. I think the difference with Derek, Harriet, and Solomon was Solomon could afford it. So <laughs> didn't matter to him <laughs> whether he was tricked. He had enough money to go around. But my point is, here is the wisest man who ever lived that is telling us that in spite of all his accomplishments, in spite of all his successes, in spite of everything he had experienced, he said, when you check it out, when you sum it up, when you come to the end of life, the whole matter is to fear God and keep his commandment. So today, I want to, from this one verse, and I won't be long, two or three points and I'm done. But the first thing I want to talk about is the fear of the Lord defined. What exactly is the fear of the Lord? The Bible tells us that, and this is where we read, that if we are going to understand the importance of life, we must fear God. So what then is fearing the Lord? And when he says the whole thing is summed up in this, the truth is we have a great misunderstanding of the word or the term, the fear of God. But as we look at this today and as we study this verse i invite you to come along with me because we are seeing things that are not pretty we are seeing lifestyles and behaviors and attitudes that leave a lot to be desired basically then what this means is that when we are in the presence of the Lord and you know God is here there and everywhere at the same time so to say when we are in the presence of the Lord is not to say when we are in church uh, because you know the church is not even the building we are the church but whenever we are conscious of the fact that God is around us we must understand that he is not to be treated just like how we would treat a good friend. You know, we see a good friend and we, hey, well, go on, brother. And we touch and we, yeah, man, yeah, look, hey. And we pat each other on the back. And... When you are in the presence of God, you don't treat him like he's your little friend. There has to be a healthy reverent respect and fear of God because of who he is 
because of what he has done. We must be aware of his presence. And when we are, we will react with awe. We will react in that way. So Job chapter 42 and verse 1 to 6 helps us to understand how people who were in the presence of God responded, how they thought, how they felt. It says, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Then are things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's what people do when they get in the presence of God and understand the God that we speak of. It's not just we're in, you know, the presence of another human being. It's not like we're in the presence of some king or queen, which, you know, respect you. But this is how Job, look at Isaiah in chapter 6. And from verse 1 it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two wings their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among people of unclean lips. And my ears or my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. That's how people behave when they are in the presence of God. That is a definition of what the fear of the Lord is. That's an example of how to fear the Lord. Let me give you one or two more and then we move on. Because we, we don't seem to understand in, in, in the New Testament in Luke chapter 5 Simon Peter said one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genezareth the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats the one belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. 
when he had finished speaking, he said unto Simon, put out into the deep. Let's go out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. And let down the nets for a catch. Hear what Simon said. Simon answered and said unto him, Master, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will put down your net. That's coming from someone who understands what it is to fear God. I am an experienced fisherman, Jesus. The last thing I heard is that you were the son of a carpenter. We have been toiling all night. We have been fishing and have caught nothing. And you're going to come now and tell us about cast your net. But nevertheless, at thy word, and until we get to a place where we understand, where it's not about us, it's not about our thoughts, it's not about our thinking, it's not about our pedigree, it's not about our knowledge, it's nothing to do with that. When God speaks, we just say, yes, Lord. Oh, I wish I had a church here that would understand that when you are walking in the fear of God, even when what God tells you to do makes no sense in the natural. Hello? You'll say, okay. No really makes sense to me, you know, Jesus, but at thy word, nevertheless, I don't understand it, but nevertheless, it don't really seem logical but who told you that God was logical? Where did we ever get the impression that we serve a logical God? There's so much about God that's illogical. It don't make no sense. But God a God. And God is in control. And so Simon said, nevertheless, if you say so, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Somebody put your hands together and praise the Lord. Because you see, you've got to understand that one day of favor is worth 10 years of labor. I've been saying this and I'll keep saying it because somebody needs to get it. You can work your fingers to the bone. You can try to do all you can do and God bless it. But when God says, favor, let me tell you, everything just falls in place. Things that couldn't happen before begin to happen. Things that you couldn't orchestrate in the natural begin to come together. Because the favor of God is on your life. Is anybody here today who needs favor? Just lift your hands and say, me Lord, me Lord, send your favor. Send your favor. When God gives you favor with people, my, my God, people that used to hate you will now like you. People that couldn't stand you will now want to be in your presence. Come on, somebody. That's what favor does. And Simon said, yes, Lord, I will do it. We could talk about Saul of Tarsus. Remember, he got struck down. He was on the way to persecute the Christians. And a great light hit him off his high horse. My God, some people walk in such pride. God have to lick them down off their high horse. And when Saul was hit down and struck down off his high horse, uh, he said, uh, 
you know, Jesus said to him, God said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou? The Lord said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. And so he, he, he told him to arise and go and meet Ananias. And see, when you understand that you are in the presence of God, you will turn. You will make an about face turn. You will go in the opposite direction because you recognize that God is in control. John was on the Isle of Patmos and we don't have time to go into that. But I came to let somebody know today that Jesus Christ deserves your worship. He deserves your praise. He deserves first place in your life. He deserves priority. Jesus Christ is the one true and living God. There is none before him. There is none beside him. There is none after him. There is none like him. Can somebody shout his name today? Song says, what a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ my king, my God, nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Death could not hold him, the song says. The veil uh, tore before him. You silenced uh, the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Is there anybody that's excited and in love with Jesus this morning? Oh, we sing the songs and we, we, we preach and we read the scriptures. But you've got to know who it is that we're talking about. God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Yours is the name above all names. Somebody say, what a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. Put your hands together and praise God. I have a question for you. Does this describe you and your praise for God? Is this how you really feel about him? Because if it does, then you must understand you are one of those who are walking in the fear of God. When you understand his majesty and that you don't even deserve to be in the house, Lifting holy hands. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I would not be here this morning. If it hadn't been for the grace of Jesus Christ, I could not stand before you this morning talking about I love the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord who picked me up and turned me around and planted my feet on solid ground, I could not be here this morning. And so when I come in his presence... When I come in his presence, I know he's everywhere. But especially when I walk through these doors, I've got to do what David said. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. That's why nobody has to pump me to praise God. Nobody has to remind me to praise God. Nobody has to whip me up 
to praise God. Nobody has to tell me, stand up on your feet and praise God. Every time I get a chance, I want to praise him. I want to praise him. I want to praise him because I have a healthy fear of God. I have a healthy respect and a healthy reverence for his majesty. So one of the songs I love says, worship his majesty. Mm, majesty. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We worship your majesty. We exalt your name. Jesus, we thank you. What a wonderful name it is. Yes, yes, your actions prove whether or not you fear the Lord. You heard me? Your actions prove whether... Your actions prove whether or not you fear the Lord. Do you really fear God? Or are you here just out of ritual? Are you here today or oh, Sunday? Sunday is the day we go to church. And what happens Monday to Saturday? Is the day you go to where? You are the church. And everywhere you go, everything you do, everything you say should be a testament. Should be a testimonial of the glory of God. And that you're walking in divine fear. So that's the fear of the Lord defined. Let us now describe the fear of God. Because Solomon seems to tell us that the fear of the Lord is demonstrated in a life that keeps the commandments of God. He says this is the whole duty of man. To fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God, turn me up a little in the monitors. Fear God, thank you, and keep his commandments. Simply stated, you and I prove what we think of the Lord by the way we live our lives. This too is shown by the word of God. And when you look in the word of God and the men who feared God, this is how they ordered their lives. No wonder David said, order my steps in your word, dear Lord. And don't forget the steps go down and steps go up. So sometimes even when your life seems to be going down, you could still be in the steps of the Lord. But God, I'm going down. Things are getting worse. I lost my job in the pandemic. It's okay. The steps of the Lord are what you're walking on. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God will order your steps even when it's going down. Look at Job. His wife said, curse God and die. But Job said, I will serve God. You speak like one of the foolish women. Just because things not working out right, right now, you want me to turn my back on God? The devil is a liar. I call upon every child of God. I don't care how bad it gets. I don't care what you have lost. I don't care how much money you've lost. I don't care how broke you are. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up for the Lord and let him know for you I will live and for you I will die. Is there any witness in the house today? Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
Yes, yes. There are several passages in the Bible that deal with this matter of fearing the Lord. They teach us the truth that what we do proves what we think about God. I hear what you say, but I'm not seeing what you say. There's a difference. So anybody can talk because mouth make for talk. And you can say one thing and mean another thing. You can say one thing and do another thing. But praise God, the Bible shows us that when you understand what it means to fear God, your actions will prove it. Because you can say it, but you really don't even mean it. My God. And so today we want to describe the fear of God. Yes, if you see the Lord as being high and holy, if you see him as being of God of judgment, then you're not ready yet because it's not like God is sitting up with a big stick waiting for you to make a mistake. How many of you have ever felt that way? Maybe by a message you heard. Maybe by a culture in a church you were raised. It's as though God just has a big stick. Waiting for you to make a mistake. The devil is a liar. Oh no. He is a God of love. He's a God that wants you to succeed. He's a God that wants you to fulfill his will. And even when you fail. Oh God. Can I get a witness here? Even when you fail elder. The God that I know. The God that I serve. Will still give you an opportunity do you know that God allows U-turns? Oh yes, God allows U-turns. Look at your neighbor and tell them God allows U-turns. If you missed the mark, if you failed, God allows you to turn around and get it started again because he wants you to walk in the fear of God. Proverbs 14 verse 2 says, He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord, but he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. And Proverbs 3 and verse 7 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You cannot fear God and lavish in evil. You cannot fear God and live an evil life. Oh, that doesn't mean you can't make a mistake. Because the word says, my little children, I write unto you that you do not sin. But if any man sins, he has an advocate with the father, the man, Christ Jesus. So we are prone to slip. We are prone to make mistakes and errors. But praise God, you don't just make them because you know God is merciful. You don't carry a spare tire in your trunk because you plan to get a puncture. No, it's there that in the unlikely event, that you have a flat you can pull out the spare put on the spare and go get yourself sorted out so we don't sin we don't plan to sin because we know God is merciful but if you sin 
The Bible says you have an advocate with the Father. I came to tell somebody today, when you walk and live in the fear of God, you don't sin as though it's okay. You may fall, but then when you fall, you fall on your face and say, God have mercy. The day, the day I baptized Marion Hall right here in this pool. We sat here when she came with her sister and them and I was on the organ playing and just singing songs. Oh, it is Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus. And, 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 and she shared with me, she said, Bishop, every time I got off the stage as Lady Saw, I went back to the hotel and fell on my face before God and begged him to forgive me. Yeah, that's what she said. So a couple of weeks ago, every news house was calling me. The Greeter was calling me. The Star was calling me. TV was calling me. Love for everybody calling me. And I just danced at the ringtone because I didn't have anything to say to them. I knew in my heart that what they were saying about Lady um, Marion Hall returns to dance. So I knew it wouldn't be true. I knew it could not be true. And when I say could not, I mean the way I know her. And I know her conviction and how she fears God. So I wasn't ready to speak to them because they just wanted a headline, Elder. They just wanted some juicy. Bishop Thomas, the person who baptized Marion Hall, said so and so. And I kept trying to get her and somebody else was answering the number. And the person said, oh, this is her niece. She doesn't have this number again. And I'm like, Lord, help me. I called her sister who also got baptized. Her first sister got baptized here, there. He was circled many, many years ago. And then Marion, and now uh, that was Jadriana. And then this other one now, Precious, is, got baptized in 2018 after she got baptized in 2015. And she called me one night, and I got this new number. And when I called her, you know what she said? She said, Bishop, let them go and talk. Don't listen to them, Bishop. She said, Bishop, me, go back to dance hall. She said, I would die tomorrow. And then she changed it and said, Bishop, I would die tonight for Jesus. That's the kind of conviction you have to have. That's the fear of God you have to have. I know people were offering her five, five million U.S. dollars to come back into this and to go back into that. And when you see that kind of money, oh yes, when you see, when you see, I mean, there are Jamaican artists who run to America for 500 U.S. dollars, you know. Maybe you don't know what's going on in the industry. $500 U.S. They run for 500 She turned down $5 million. I'm telling you, when you have the fear of God, and U.S. we're talking, when you have the fear of God, nobody's going to get you to just get up and walk away. I love him too much to fail him now. I've been through enough to know that he'll be in. Oh, God, help me. Oh, he's come through so many times. And that puts my mind at ease. I'll take my very life. God is going to take care of me. Can I tell you? Can I prophesy to you today? God will take care. Don't give up. Don't sell out. Let the devil drop dead. Let the devil go to hell all by himself. 
you hear the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God and keep his commandments. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Oh, let me move along. I have one more point to make before we close. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 14 says, is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. And Proverbs 16 and verse 6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. If you're not departing from evil, you know, fear God. That's what the book says. If you're walking an evil life, you're not fearing God. You cannot have the fear of God in you and just wallow in evil. No, no, no. And when we talk about evil, many people, all you think about is fornication and adultery. That too. But how about when you're sick and can't get well? And somebody call and say, boy, you better go look about yourself, you know. It's not so, so, so. Maybe somebody spread some, sprinkle some powder in your shoes, you know, so your foot swell up like jackfruit. And you, a born again child of God, take that ungodly counsel and go to the obia man. Or go to the open. Oh, that's as evil as it gets. But God said to tell you today, you better light a candle. Sing a sanky and come back home. Come back to God. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me look behind you look behind you everybody turn around look behind you goodness is on your right mercy is on your left the angels of the lord encamp round about you they're following you they're looking out for you he is always looking out for me always opening doors that i don't even see i don't have to worry for he takes good care of me. Jesus is looking out for me. Can I get a witness here today? That Jesus is looking out for you. He's got you covered. Uh, slap your neighbor a virtual high five and say, God's got your back. God has got your back. He has got you covered. You are covered under the blood. Somebody say, under the blood. Yes, you're under the blood. You're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Hey, glory be to God. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, come on. Rejoice. I feel the spirit of praise in the house today. It's when you praise God that the yokes are broken. It's when you praise God that burdens are lifted. It's when you praise God that the blessings of God comes down. For when the praises go up, the blessings will come down. I said when the praises go up, the blessings come down. How many need the blessings of God today? How many need the favor of God in your life today? 
how many need money? Let me put it this way. How many need money? Don't be afraid to put up your hand. I need money. You need money. We all need money. But don't pray for money. Pray for favor. Oh, God, you didn't hear me. I said don't pray for money. Pray for favor. Because one day of favor is worth 10 years of labor. And when God opens the floodgates and begin to pour out the blessings, you won't even have room enough to receive it. Somebody shout, walk in the fear of God. Walk in the fear of God. Live in the fear of God. Yes, hallelujah. Again, I've got to ask you, does this describe you? That you have departed from evil. Because if you have not departed from a sinful lifestyle, you are not walking in the fear of God. If you don't know what it is to be tempted and to shake it off and say, like Joseph, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against my God and run from it even when Potiphar's wife, yeah, framed him. Yeah, and said, he tried to run from me. He tried to hold me down. But then when he ran, she lied on him and got him thrown in jail. I'm telling you, I'd rather go to jail because I took a stand then. Now, my God, uh, to sleep with somebody uh, that's not my wife. Uh, oh, can I preach it here? Uh, see, we don't want to preach these things. Uh, these days, everybody just wants to come to church uh, to hear a message uh, that's making you happy. Uh, to get a message uh, that says you're going to be rich. Uh, a car is in the making for you. Uh, God's got a new house for you and I would say yes he does but you cannot claim promises and break principles let me repeat that again you cannot claim promises and break principles the fear of the Lord means if you respect God it means uh, if you revere God uh, that you're going to depart from evil. Uh, you're going to say, Lord, my eyes are fixed on you, Jesus. Uh, Lord, I don't want to do anything uh, that's not pleasing to you. Uh, fix me, Jesus. Uh, help me to control myself. Uh, help me to control my mind. Uh, help me, God, uh, to be men and women of integrity I could misplace these funds I could mishandle these millions but God I want you to guide my steps God I want you to lead me in a plain path I want to do what's right search me Lord if you find anything that shouldn't be. Take it out. Take it out. Take it out. And strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to walk in the fear of God. Somebody stand up on your feet and say, I'm walking in 
the fear of God. I'm walking in the fear of God. Say yes. Say yes. So we defined what the fear of God was. We described what the fear of God is. I want to close by telling you that the fear of the Lord is not only to be defined, it's not only to be described, but the fear of the Lord is demanded. Somebody say it's demanded. Yes, it's demanded. God demands it. It's not optional. It's not for those who are ordained. It's not for those who, who couldn't get married and so they just have to live a celibate life. It's not for those who are old and have been through life. Every born again believer has got to understand that the fear of the Lord is demanded. Say it again somebody, it's demanded. And so as wise King Solomon concludes his remarks in the passage, he tells us fearing the Lord and keeping his commandments is the whole duty of man. That's what you're called to do. That's what's required of you. Oh yes, choir members, walk in the fear of the Lord. Keep his commandments. Musicians, that's what's demanded of you. Bishop, that's what's demanded of you. Ministers and elders, that's what's demanded of you. G2K, that's what's demanded of you. Church members, that's what's the that's what's demanded of you. God has called you to holiness. He said, holiness unto the Lord is our watchword and song. Holiness unto the Lord as we're traveling along. We've got to sing it. We've got to shout it loud and long. Holiness unto the Lord. Slap your neighbor a high five virtually. Don't touch them. Let's go touch them virtually and say, Holiness unto the Lord is our watchword and song. Now put your hands together and praise God. I'm closing. That's what Jesus meant when he said, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your emotions, with all your soul, your spirit, and all your strength. Love God. He said, This is the first and great commandment. Matthew 22, verse 37, and then. 38, he says, this is the first and great commandment. And in 39, he says, and the second is like unto it. Thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. I don't have to ask you if you love yourself. I know some people have a low self-esteem. Maybe it came on by different things and experiences that you had. But even people with a low self-esteem, 
Every now and then you still see them. Taking selfies. So don't tell me you don't love yourself. That's why you're taking selfies. <laughs> you love yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, man. Man, look at me. Mm. One guy said, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. You remember that song? So I know, I know. But make sure when you look in the mirror, you're seeing what God wants to see. Is it who you think you are or what you should really be? I was gonna bring a mirror, a couple of mirrors to put here for everybody to come up and look at yourself, but I figured we wouldn't have time. But you know when your phone is black screen like this, you can see yourself, don't you know that, right? Take up your phone, everybody, don't, don't turn it on. Don't press the button. Don't light it up. Take up your phone. Keep the black screen on. Look at yourself. You will see yourself. It may not be very bright. Or if you want to turn on your camera, for those of you that care. Go ahead, everybody. Uh, don't take any pictures now. Just look at yourself. You can turn on your camera. And look at yourself because I want to know if what you see is really what you think God wants to see. See, see, I'm seeing myself. Can you see this? Yeah. Look at yourself. Turn on your camera. Look at yourself. You don't have to take a picture. Just look at yourself. I know some of you are saying, man, I look good. And that's all right. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Do you see someone who is walking in the fear of God? Or do you see someone that's just caught up in self? I'm just saying, boy, handsome, you know, look good, pretty, beautiful. And nothing is wrong with that, Tracy. Nothing is wrong. If you say, man, I look good. It's, it's God who made you look good. And, and some of you, let me, let me share this with you. I'm closing. But some of you, some of you, you don't fix up yourself. A man saw this 100 acres of plantation. And he said... To the man that was selling it. He said, boy, this looks good. Look at the landscaping. Look at how everything is just organized. And the man said, yes. You should see it when God had it all to himself. <laughs> Bush. <laughs> Somebody had to come and take out the weeds. Somebody had to come and clean it up. And some of you, God made you. Beautiful. But you don't fix up yourself. And, and it affects your self-esteem. So it's okay to do what you can to take care of the beautiful you that's there. But I don't care. You could have pretty like Lisa Hannah. You could, and some of you don't think you're pretty. But it's okay. I'm just saying. You could, you could be the next Miss World. Hmm? Brethren. 
You could be Denzel Swagger Washington. But if you don't have the fear of God. What a waste. Everybody's standing. I'm closing. Talking about Denzel Washington. I'm so glad to see him. They call him Pastor Denzel now. So you've just enjoyed him for his acting and how good. I mean, the guy's just cool. It's good. But he loves the Lord. He's saved, sweetly saved. Yes. He was the one when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. Walked over to him and said, watch it now. It's when you are at the top of your game that the devil comes and prayed with him. And they've been trying to minister to him. Hmm? And some of you can say what you want. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, you would be slapping people every day with a, with a Will Smith slap. Till your hand. <laughs> because nothing good is in this flesh. There's nothing good in this flesh. Look at your neighbor and say, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have slapped you something. <laughs> I know that's not every one of you but some of you man thank God for Jesus I, I can tell you about myself I'm closing I'm done but when I was in school at Calabar no boy couldn't test me I'm serious. First form, second form, I was a mess. I used to wonder why the principal used to invite me to his office so often. And I used to get the cane, man. Because I was aggressive. If I'm coming down the corridor and you're coming, you move. Or else I move you. I'm serious. But look at me. I want the key. I want the key of G, as in Jesus. No, no. Give me 